Well, hey, Sats here. I hope you're doing very well and uh, welcome to C3 Reflect today. Uh, really nice to be hanging out with you. And uh, if you have just stumbled across us online or this is your first time, can I just encourage you to hit that subscribe button so we can keep on rocking up and uh, sharing more content uh, your way, which we hope is gonna encourage you, lift your spirits, lift your faith. Um, so uh, that's awesome. And if you have been tuning in for a while and you wanna get connected in and let us know that you're here um, then you can also uh, head to our website and uh, let us know and get connected in. So go to c3reflect.church slash connect. That's c3reflect.church slash connect. And you can put your details in there and let us know that you exist so we can help you, um, you know, in, in life and uh, get connected. So that'll be cool. Um, so we're in this uh, new series called Influencers. And uh, it's, it's going well. We're in week two and uh, we're sharing across nine weeks nine elements of influence. Now, this is really cool because this is not just a preaching series. This is actually um, part of our vision as a church. And, uh, and so this framework, if you like, and these messages that we're sharing are actually designed to communicate who we are. And so if you're thinking, you know, who, who is See Through Reflect? What are these guys about? Well, hopefully we're about the Bible and hopefully we're about following Jesus. But I think sometimes it can be helpful to break that down in a way that is understandable in our context, in our time, and, and so on. And so uh, there are three parts of our vision. Um, you know, we're called C3 Reflect because we want to reflect the glory of God. And, uh, and also because there's this, this powerful sense of becoming self-aware and becoming healthy. And uh, as part of that vision, uh, it, it, we want to see three things happen and we want to help you in three areas. And firstly, to help you connect into community. And uh, we'll be measuring on that uh, today in today's message. But man, we, we need people. We need each other. And uh, we're just simply not designed to do life on our own. And it's impossible to flourish in isolation. In fact, all the crazy serial killers, they're all isolated. Uh, <laughs> I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying isolation is not good for human beings. And uh, so to connect into community is so important. Secondly, I want to help people transform into the image of Christ. Um, you know, uh, transformation is something that flows out of our new identity in Christ. And so, um, you know, we're not straining to, to transform. We're not trying to become something we're not. We're actually naturally letting who, who God is calling us to be that, that we would reflect that image and we'll become um, everything that God has called you uh, to become. And thirdly, uh, kind of like the overflow and the fruit of those two things uh, is that we would influence the world. And, uh, you know, influence is the fruit of being a follower of Jesus. Um, you know, it's not about being a social media, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of guru, but it is about casting a shadow of influence, being, being a part of transforming culture, being a part of bringing the light of Jesus and being the salt of earth in our world. That should be the, the ultimate uh, end game of a Christian. And so in this place where we develop and we grow in community and in that context and we become more like Jesus, we're going to find that we actually have something to contribute to this world. And uh, that's why uh, this series is called Influence. Now, as I said, this is not just a preaching series. This is also a framework, a discipleship framework. And so what we have created is something that you can actually jump on board and say, I want to be an influencer. And so over these nine weeks, as we share these messages, you might go, well, I actually value these nine things as well. And these are nine areas that I want to grow into. And I, and I think what we're describing here is we're describing ideals. And we're describing values that none of us are perfectly living out all of these values. We're doing our best. 
And we're doing our best to be better than we were and to keep moving and keep following Jesus. But we're a community of people who are on a journey. And uh, if you value these nine things, you think I wanna be on this journey towards these things and a journey towards influence and you resonate with that, then I'd love to invite you to consider becoming an influencer. And uh, doing that will, um, will open up a few things. It will open up um, uh, opportunity to attend our influencers events once a month in each location. Uh, we meet and we pray together and we go a little bit deeper. And, and you know, I, I just think about Jesus. You had, you know, he had the 72 and he had the 12 and he had, you know, different circles where he was able to be more present and to fully share his heart. And I think actually God has designed in, in some sense exclusivity into the church. I mean, we don't like that word because we do want to create spaces welcoming for anyone to join. And so the Christian message is both inclusive and exclusive. It's inclusive in the sense that God, for God so loved the world, like everything begins with God's heart for every single human being, including you today. But it's exclusive in the sense that you have to choose to be a part of it. And so influence is open to everybody, but you still have to choose to say, I actually want this. And, uh, you know, you think of some really funny stories where people are like talking to Jesus, like, hey, I really want to hang out and get to know you. And he's like, well, come on then, let's go. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, I, I can't come now, but can come later. And it is, it is just like, you've got to count yourself in. So we're creating an environment where we're going to create an opportunity for discipleship to happen. And we're also creating a space where, um, you know, you can have a seat at the table. You know, we know when people value these things and they're coming from the right perspective, we actually want to hear your voice. We want to build a great church. You want to touch our world. And so we actually want to hear your voice. And I think just thirdly, you're putting up your hand to say, disciple me. <laughs> uh, I, I want you to input into my life. And that's a really helpful thing to do. Um, so uh, there it is. And you can check out all the details um, on uh, the website. So today's message is discipleship. We're talking about the second element of influence. Okay, so let's talk about discipleship. This is our second element of influence that we're going to be majoring on today. And uh, I think discipleship is one of those words that everybody's heard, but they don't really know what it means. And, uh, you know, we know Jesus had disciples and we know we're supposed to be disciples. And that sounds like a good thing, but it's just like a bit vague. And uh, what I wanted to do was just go in a little bit more detail as to what discipleship actually is. And also, we've got to recognize that we live in 2023. That's a different time and place here in London than Jesus was navigating. And so I think sometimes the temptation is to go, well, let's just do what they did, but do it today. And uh, well, you're going to be walking a lot because <laughs> that's what they did. And a lot actually of the discipleship relationship between, let's say, a rabbi who was a teacher and a disciple who was a student was uh, in that shared life. And we simply don't, we're not sharing three hours walking from village to village together. And so, so much of conversation and uh, learning, is to, we're just in a different context. And so we're gonna understand how do we translate discipleship for today? And so as I mentioned there, the, the, the rabbi was a, a teacher. And I uh, think a little bit like, um, it, it was actually a form of sort of education. And so it's really interesting when we look at Jesus, what we see is this rabbi-disciple relationship and, and, and the disciples in the gospels, they would spend time with Jesus. They would go where he was going. And, and as Jesus lived his life, the disciples would 
go along with him and they would ask questions and they would observe and they would help. And that's the kind of rabbi-disciple relationship in the Jewish context that is just simply gonna be very different today. I mean, just purely on a practical level, you know, if you wanted to hang out with me all day, uh, every week, I mean, it's just not really gonna work. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it'd be, we'd have a great time, but you've got a job and you've got a family and you've got commitments and you've got a social life. And, and so we have to figure out how to take everything into today's context. So I wanna read you um, a, a passage of scripture. It's in a cheat, um, Ephesians, sorry, uh, chapter five, uh, verse one to 21. So it's 21 verses. And uh, it's just some like pretty interesting stuff about the effect of community on our lives and the effect of the people who speak into our lives. So this is what it says, uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse one, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. So that's really interesting right there. We're actually supposed to imitate God. We're supposed to become like God. Uh, so that's, that's someone external to us who is supposed to shape who we become and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Verse three, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure that of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, lots of heavy words here, <laughs> has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, what a great word, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, so there's loads going on here. And uh, the, the, the church in Ephesus, it was a crazy place. There was all sorts of craziness going on. I, I know the world's a bit crazy today, but man, there was some crazy stuff going on back there and just some downright terrible stuff. And uh, when you look into the history, you go, oh my gosh, these guys were crazy. And so this wasn't just a bit of kind of like, you know, fun and games. This is real dark stuff um, happening. And, and Paul is saying, hey, you don't forget that you've been called out of darkness and into light. And so look, we're, we're in the world, we exist in the world, we don't wanna become like a weird sort of hippie commune, a weird sort of cult over here that's separated from everything. We're, we live in the world. Uh, we, we go, we have jobs, we have families, we go to school, etc., etc. We're normal human beings, but we're also, you know, we're not of the world. We've been called out of the world. 
And so there's this tension that every follower of Jesus has to figure out. And sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we're a bit separate. Sometimes we're a bit exclusive. Sometimes we're a bit disconnected. And sometimes we're just way too worldly. <laughs> we're supposed to be called out from the darkness, but we're still living like we're, we're, we're in the dark. And, and, and so Paul's saying, hey, don't you understand that the community around you will influence you? Whatever, where the places you go and the people you hang out with and the patterns of behavior that you surround yourself with, it will rub off on you. If you're in the wrong places at the wrong time, you're going to find you start to do the wrong things. And Paul is just simply being very practical. Saying, look, if you want to be a follower of Jesus and you want to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you want to be people of love and light and grace and kindness, then don't hang out with people who are backbiting and gossiping and sexually immoral and all these other things that he puts in the list. He's saying, it's, it's kind of just a good idea to actually not immerse yourself in the culture of the world too much. We've got to live in the world, but just remember that you're called out of darkness. And uh, one thing I can promise you, friends, is that you are being shaped right now. You're either being shaped by the world or shaped by Christ. There's no such thing as, as neutral in this thing called life. We're all being affected. There are people in our world, whether our parents, our brothers and sisters, our friends, our colleagues, our boss, who, who are shaping how we see the world, shaping how we think. We are products of our culture. And uh, what, what we're supposed to do is allow the truth of God to get on the inside of us so that even in the midst of darkness, we would still continue to shine. Christianity was just this weird little Jewish cult that had come out of nowhere and they were beginning to kick off. How were they kicking off? They were saying there is no other God apart from God himself. They were saying we're not going to accept the pagan system. And this was a massive problem because to function in society, you had to pay homage to the system. And if something went wrong in, in, in like the world, like, I don't know, there was an earthquake or a famine or whatever happened, people would go, oh, it's because you haven't paid homage to the gods. And that was the culture. It's funny now because we live in what is a very Christian or post-Christian culture. And it's hard for us to imagine that Christianity was anything but, but, but the, the main thing. But Christianity was actually, it was like, the, the, they were the rebels. They, they were like the, the, uh, the alternative music. They, they were the rock and roll. <laughs> they were the, the, the indie pop. They were, they were the guys who came from the side, who, who were the outsiders. And, and, and so to, to, to come into that uh, culture and begin to uh, actually uh, uh, live in a different way was hard. It was hard because you existed in this ecosystem and your whole life, which was immersed in a different culture. And friends today, whilst we have some relics of Christianity, we also live in a very secular culture. In a, lo in a lot of ways, there are similarities that in, in the feeling that many Christians feel of not being able to fully express who they are and, you know, kind of have to self-censor some of your views in case you are judged and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and Paul is, you know, writing to the church in Ephesus and saying, don't, don't you understand that, hey, we are in, in the world, but, but you got to make sure that you're not being shaped by the culture of this world. You need to become a disciple of Christ, not a disciple of the culture. And this is really what, what I want to focus on um, uh, today is that we're either becoming more like the world or we're becoming more like Jesus. There is no neutral ground. Unless you are progressing and moving and being transformed in the image of Christ, you're probably losing ground uh, in your faith. And so every single one of us needs to experience this thing called discipleship. And discipleship is something that happens in the context of community. 
So the idea of being a Christian that is isolated, that is alone, that doesn't know anyone, that just worships at home on their own, it's, it's a bit like private faith. It's an absolute oxymoron. It's impossible to have private faith as a Christian because your, your faith is not just about uh, your prayer time. Your faith is not just about uh, you know, your sort of moral code. Your faith influences everything that you do. It influences your work, the way that you think about people, the way that you interact in society, your purpose. It's, it's all encompassing. And that's what makes Christianity so challenging is it, 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 it cannot be relegated to just one part of your life. It has to come and fill every single part of the way that you think. And when we submit ourselves to God's ways, which are higher and his thoughts that are higher, his way of perceiving the world, we're going to find actually that the entirety of our life begins to be elevated and we start to experience the fruit of the Spirit, start to experience the joy of God, the fullness of life, the abundance of life that we have in Christ. And so this discipleship is is part of God's process. God has a design for you and I to become more like Him. And that design uses a tool called discipleship. So, so, So what's happening here? The word disciple just means learner. And we talked about that rabbi-disciple relationship. Well, things have opened up a little bit more for us now in church because, of course, we've got church leaders and we've got people I mean, who carry authority. But I just love that last scripture there in verse 21. It says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this is, this is, this is the thing we've got to understand, is that discipleship is not around necessarily just about getting alongside leaders. It's also about a la- being a, a person where people can speak into our lives. There's some really strong language there to submit to one another. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't always want to submit to someone else. I kind of want to be in control of my life. I kind of want to be able to make my own decisions. I kind of want to be fully there. And of course, you, that is what you get to do. You get, you get to decide what you're going to do. And this is, you know, uh, just the power of, of free will that God has given us, that we have agency, and we have autonomy, and God never forces us to do anything. But you can voluntarily decide, I'm going to submit myself to another person. And let me just understand, let me just explain why, why God has designed it like that. It's simply because I don't know everything. <laughs> and I've got a feeling you don't know everything either. And there are some things that I feel really like confident about, like I really get this aspect of my life. And then there are other things I think I could really do with learning. And, and, and this word disciple, which means learner, is actually about a posture that we have in our heart, that we become people who are here to learn. We're not presenting ourselves in the church communities. We've got everything together. And we know everything. No, we're actually fully aware that there are people in the room and there are people in our context that know more than we do. And if we can get alongside those people and glean from them and let their wisdom come into our lives, we're actually going to find that we become more whole human beings. We're actually going to find that we become healthier human beings. And so, man, if you're becoming a new parent, well, there's plenty of parents in the room. There's plenty of parents even outside of the church. Go and get some input and get some advice. Uh, or you're struggling in, a re- in your relationship and you're arguing in your marriage. You're thinking, I could really use some input. Well, I'm promising you there are some people around you who have navigated those things. And if we can learn from one another and, and become disciples and learners, you know, we're actually going to experience the goodness of God in our lives. I think one of the, 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 the mistakes we make is to think that prayer is enough. Prayer is not enough. Prayer is actually about changing you and communing with God. And what we will find is that when we pray, when we become prayerful people, 
We will actually be motivated to do the will of God and submit to the will of God. And the will of God is that you find health and community and you grow in that context, the context of discipleship. So maybe there's some of us today as you're hearing this and there are issues in your heart. There are things in your life where you feel frustrated and the ceilings in your life. Maybe there's a ceiling on, on your work right now. You say, I don't, I don't know how to move forward or, or I want to change career, but I don't know how to do it. Or maybe there's difficulties in your parenting. Or maybe there's difficulties in relationships. There's, there's so many spectrums. There might be difficulties in your mind of stuff that you are wrestling with and, and thoughts that are dark. You don't know what to do with them and you don't know how to navigate it. Friend, I'm telling you right now that sometimes prayer is not enough because God's design is actually that we would come together and that together we would open up our hearts to one another and we would bear each other's burdens and that people would come and speak life. And I found in my life that there are people who can speak life into me. And uh, the really interesting thing about this is is different people speak into different areas. So we just finished this series called the 5am club and I've just really enjoyed working out. But the thing that's been really cool about it, it was a whole emphasis on physical fitness. The thing that's really cool about it is that I've been working out with a friend, with Aiden. And the great thing about Aiden is Aiden knows more about fitness than I do. So I just rock up and I just do what Aiden tells me to do. And somehow I'm becoming fitter. I'm becoming stronger. I'm becoming more flexible, not because I know what I'm doing, but because I've become a person who is able to learn. And I have uh, gleaned from someone of wisdom. We have a a couple, uh, Pastor Thierry and Marianne, who are our overseers as part of the C3 movement we're part of. And uh, they pastor a church in Lausanne in Switzerland. And uh, they are a, a source of phenomenal wisdom. And I just want you to know that we as your pastors are also disciples. We are people who are learning. And I remember... You know, not that long ago, having a conversation uh, with Pastor Thierry and he just shared some advice and some input on, on, on something that was really going to help the church. And he said, he said this, he said, you know, Sats, people don't really care too much about exciting visions and programs and stepping out and launching locations. He says they just want to be loved. And that was a game changer of a thought for me. I mean, I knew that, but the way that he said that in that moment spoke into my life and shaped some of the program that we do as a church and shaped the emphasis of my time. And this is the power of discipleship. Friends, there there is breakthrough waiting for you that if you can humble yourself to become a person who is here to learn, God is gonna show up in your life. And and, and there are some things that God will not reveal to you directly. He, He wants us to become united in Christ. And so God creates the church, why? Because, because God wants his children to hang out. <laughs> it's like, like as a dad, I've got four kids. Like, I love it when, when, when sometimes you, you, you go into a room and, and somebody's reading someone a story and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Like you hear someone being kind to someone, I say, oh, that's so cool. Hear someone giving them encouragement or sharing an idea or someone's helping making someone some breakfast and you think, this is so cool. And this is God's vision for you and I. God doesn't want isolated, disconnected individuals. He wants to create a church gathered together, united in Christ, disciples. We're to be disciples. That's the state of our humility and position to learn. And we're also supposed to make disciples. There are people in your world that you can speak into their life. And uh, we're going to find out. I believe one of the things we need to create as a church and continue to work on in our culture is creating a space where people feel like they can admit and talk about what's going on in their life. You know, like just, just to know that it's okay to ask questions 
And it's okay as a Christian to struggle and it's okay to have fear and it's okay to struggle in your mind. I, I don't mean that that's what we want for you. I just mean that to, to be walking through things and navigating life, everybody is navigating life. It's just that most of us don't admit it. <laughs> and most of us feel like we've got to have our walls up and we've got to pretend and project that everything is great. Can you imagine what would happen if we created that sort of community where we actually felt like we could be vulnerable with one another and we could go to, not to everybody, but then maybe there's one or two or three people that we felt like we could open up our life with and get input and get wisdom. Friends, my prayer is that we will create that sort of church. And it happens when we each as individuals make the decision decision, we're going to become disciples. We're going to create a discipleship culture. And that's why discipleship is, is such a key. And it's our second element of influence because everything about your future is, is going to be defined by your ability to humble yourself and allow people to speak into your life. And I believe God wants to elevate you. God wants to bless you. God wants to cause you to be propelled into your future. He wants health in your life. He wants you to prosper in every single way. He wants relationally for you to succeed and to have joy and to have peace and and to enjoy all of the fullness of life that Jesus came to bring you. But I'm telling you right now, it, it lies on the other side of discipleship. So everything begins in the context of community. Hey, I'd love to pray for us just right now as we close. And maybe there's some things in your heart and that you haven't told anyone. Uh, maybe there's some things you're working through that you just haven't felt able to, to connect with someone. And I just want to encourage you, these things come out of relationship, don't they, you know? And that's why we've got to show up and we're going to be present and engage in church life because then we're going to find that we will actually make friends and we will actually find relationships where we feel comfortable um, talking. Um, but I just want to pray for us today. Maybe there's some people and you, you feel like there's some areas of your heart that, hey, you actually need a, some courage and to go out and be a little bit vulnerable and to share and to get some prayer as well. So God, I pray right now for every single person. And I just thank you, Lord, for your care and your love for them. God, I just thank you that you see them. You see what's going on in their mind. You see what's going on in their heart. You see what's, going, what's been happening in their past that they're carrying with them today. You see their loss and their pain. And God, I just thank you right now. God, let your presence fill every single room, every single heart where people are watching right now. God, let them feel your comfort. Let them feel your peace. God, I pray let them feel your courage. Let courage rise and uh, let people feel empowered to make that decision to share what's going on in their life and to make the decision to be a disciple. I pray in the name of Jesus. Hey, if that's you and you prayed that prayer, what you need to do right now is you need to attach to your prayer some action. This is why faith always has works because when you pray about it, God will actually empower you to go. And so maybe you need to drop a text or pick up the phone or, or something, reach out. Uh, we're here for you. And uh, But I believe, you know, discipleship it can be in the context of us as pastors. It can also be in the context of friendship and peers. And I think a healthy life has a healthy mixture of all those things that we're growing together to become more like Jesus. So, hey, God bless you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening today. I hope this has been helpful and encouraging. I'm also wondering if there's someone in your world who might benefit from hearing this message. Then please do share it with them. Help us get the word out there. And of course, you can connect with us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and so on. Just look for C3 Reflect. For anything else, go to our website, c3reflect.church. Do hit subscribe, rate and review. Thanks so much. We appreciate you guys. Have a great day.